You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. He's asking us to respond to his example. He's saying, hey, I laid down my life, and now the way you follow me is, is deny yourself and, and uh, make sure that, that, that you put me in, in that place of Lord, Master. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, here alongside Ben Kioski. Ben Kioski here, checking in. <laughs> and lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Good to be here. Got a crew of three, yes, and we, we are kicking off a new series that we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about, Renewed. And Jose, kind of walk us through kind of what your thoughts are, not only leading up to the series, but then also just the message yesterday. Sure. So renewed, thinking about this fall in this, well, it's not fall yet, still waiting for that to happen a couple of weeks, but the seasons are transitioning, school's going back, things are looking a little different than they have uh, been in the summer. And so thinking about what we should focus on, immediately thought, well, what's most important? What's most important for us as a church? What's most important for us as followers of Jesus? And that is new life. Not only the new life that we celebrate because we have said yes to Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, but the new life that happens every day. And so um, looking at the both Great Commandment and Great Commission, which we will look at the next few weeks. Um, And so that's really where the series came about. No better way to start this new season than focusing on what matters most. That's awesome. And one of the things I love just right away, kind of in your introduction, Jose was talking about uh, even just subscriptions and the idea that we're used to by now, just a lot of subscriptions constantly, you know, auto renewing. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's not on auto renewal is our faith. So I want to ask both of y'all just real quick to start off kind of what are some ways that you have found helpful in just renewing your faith? Kind of just at a high level before we kind of dig deep uh, into each of these topics, kind of what what would you say has been helpful, both of y'all, when it comes to just that, that, intentional act of yeah. renewing your faith? Um, uh, for me, quite quite simply, is to kind of take a page out of the, the Old Testament and just remember the story of God mm. in my life. Just yeah. the remembrance of, um, um, of what God has done, how far that He's brought me, the things that I've overcome through the Holy Spirit, all those things in, in my life, and, and looking back on the story of God in my life, in my family's life, and and, and all of that renews renews faith, you know. Same thing that 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 um, the writer of Hebrews does, um, mm-hmm. you know, in going through what the you know the hall of faith, as it were. Yeah. You know, it's a remembrance of what God has done. Yeah. So that's kind of how I do. I love that you mentioned that, Ben, because in the in Hebrews eleven, you see a lot of different stories of different people. Yeah, and that's it for me is literally getting together with people that I look up to, people that have gone before me, um, and and gone through stuff maybe similarly or even different than what I'm going through, but being together that churchy word fellowship. And so be it community group, church on Sunday, it's the same thing being reminded of uh, my need for God and my need for this renewed life. And and I really chose that word renewed because I didn't want to call it new life. I think we're all tired of hearing of the new normal and this new, you know, new, 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 new. We're called to be renewed and it is a, it's not just a one-time thing saying yes to Jesus, but it's a continual process of, of transformation inside of us. So that's why I think this, this is, is important. It's not just go to church once in a while or make this a priority once a month or go to this one event once a year to kind of get you know the, the Jesus bumps, goosebumps going. 
but it's a renewal, uh, something that we need to, to repeatedly be about. So That's good. And both of y'all mentioned Hebrews, and it just makes me think about kind of the early chapters of Hebrew, talking about the consequences of not renewing our faith and right. just the idea of drifting and how we are prone to just, if we, if we don't right. actively seek and remind ourselves of, of God's faithfulness, then yeah, we, we just kind of check out and that kind of trickles down into every aspect of, mm-hmm. of our lives. So that's good. Uh, Jose, you kind of, kind of picking up on or continuing the the introduction, you kind of talked about kids and you talked about the idea of how kids can kind of help us as we kind of um, realign our posture when it comes to this uh, concept of renewed life. So maybe unpack that a little bit and kind of both of y'all are parents. So what are maybe some attributes of your kids or just kids in general that have helped you kind of see more <laughs> of who God is? Well, it's a daily reminder for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, when I read the the story in Mark of the disciples rebuking, um, you know, the, the parents or, or the people who were trying to get Jesus to bless these kids, uh, and Jesus rebuked them. Man, I, I was so convicted because that's sometimes how I see kids. Uh, they're distracting me from my agenda, my work, my conversations, even with Taylor and stuff. It's really important for us to have that time. Um, but our kids are not distractions. And I think that the Lord requires us to have that sense or, or that posture of helplessness or being needy when we come to Him. And really, you know, my kids are authentic, especially at the ages that they're at. So I think of Ezra, who's almost two. And he's just in a really needy phase. He needs to be held all the time. He's crying a ton. He's learning how to talk, having a hard time communicating. So he cries. (laughs) And that can get at me. But uh, again, thinking about how we enter into relationship with Jesus and and in this text in Mark 10, how, um, you know, Jesus says, whoever doesn't receive um, the kingdom of God as a child will never enter it. So looking at that, uh, posture of humility and neediness. Yeah, and I think that's uh, something pretty poignant that you mentioned yesterday was that, was that reality. Obviously, it's written right there in the scripture, but mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of rehash that, even though you just covered it, <laughs> but it really is important the, to 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 explore. I think for us, the, the what it means to have the childlike faith, mm-hmm. what it means to come to the Father like a child. I mean, it's a you know, I think about my own children. It is a, it is a belief that is absolutely reckless and one hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't always have that faith. You know, that's why we need the renewal. But mm-hmm. that that picture that Jesus gives us when He tells us to come like a child, I mean, it really is a radical faith. It really is mm-hmm. pretty unbelievable. It flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Yep. It flies in the face of uh, reason and mm-hmm. fill in the blank of whatever. Um, you know, to to be fully convinced. And have full confidence that when we jump, our father's going to catch us. Yeah. You know, just like a, a child, you know, jumping into your arms in the pool or something like mm-hmm. that. They know that they're safe, even though they can't mm-hmm. swim. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that picture is, is pretty important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it can be said enough that children are not a burden. That's right. It's a, you know, that's a, an entire different topic that we could talk about for hours and hours and, you know, the problem with parenting and the view of children in our contemporary culture. They're not a burden, they're a blessing. Yeah, it was kind of important. It was kind of cool yesterday. I didn't mean it to all kind of connect, but with the prayer for kids and and then 
focusing on kids and the kids actually being at church. This yeah. is the last Sunday that yeah. we'll have that. Uh, we had a, a lot of kids at, out there. So even as I was speaking, I remember looking, making eye contact with a few of them and thinking, oh man, these kids are listening to me, you yeah, know? And no it's a, even even the way that they listen is different than, yeah. not that they, they, they understand. They, oh, they're, yeah. they're hearing and, and God's word does not return void. So when they hear God's word, it's speaking to their hearts, but it was just a cool, I think God was highlighting kids yesterday for whatever that's Well, worth. yeah, and you can kind of hear them murmuring and chattering and hollering and whatever yeah. the kids do during the, yeah. you know, and I just kind of noticed a little bit more than I normally do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a parent, I got four kids, so yeah. I've learned to tune it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I thought that was, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, sweet also to hear the kids just kind of doing their thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, being the big, big air quotes right now, uh, you know, being, doing the obnoxious things that they do, Mm -hmm. exactly what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just not obnoxious. They're just kids. who they are. Yeah. Stage of life that they're in. I mean, it's who I am. I just know it's not socially acceptable kind of outburst, (laughs) (laughs) you know. That's right. That's right. So, Jose, you kind of unpacked three attributes or characteristics of a renewed life. So, I'd love to kind of hit all three and have a few questions for each. And the first one here is a surrendered life. For maybe someone that's new to church or maybe been in church for a while, but has this question of like, typically when you hear about surrender, it's not really has a positive connotation to it. And so, why would I desire to have a surrendered life when everything around me and just as I've grown up, it's surrender means defeat or means mm-hmm. that I've lost. So why would why would someone be intentionally seeking to live a surrendered life? Good question. I think we have to see it uh, as a response to the way that Jesus surrendered his life for us. So if we start thinking about our actions in the same vein that the man who approached Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's where we can um, fall short and, and not go down the, the road that really the Lord is, is asking us. He's asking us to respond to his example. He's saying, hey, I laid down my life and now the way you follow me is, is deny yourself and, and uh, make sure that, that, that you put me in, in that place of Lord, master. And so I would put it simply, it's, it's a response to the grace of God. And I would also say it's a process. And, uh, you know, I'm reading these texts and I'm, I'm very challenged. This is not an easy word. This is not something that one can read and say, oh, well, let me tell you out of experience, this is what a surrendered life means. It's a process, but I think um, the process becomes real when you realize it's not based on man's plan or wisdom, it's, it's the Lord that, that is calling us to surrender. It's not a church thing. It's a faith thing between you and, and God. And looking at it that way, it, it gets real, real quick. Yeah. I think, um, uh, you know, a surrendered life, like you said, the connotation can sometimes be problematic, but to surrender in, in this context is... Um, in my view, that in all things, in all aspects of your life, whatever hat you're wearing, wherever you're, wherever you're going and what you're doing, whatever you're doing, is to relegate oneself to the way of Jesus, which is the way of truth. And that is to say, to relegate oneself to the way of the cross, you know, which, like you just mentioned, Jose, is, is a way that, that puts, that puts the, the, the Lord on the, the seat of the direction of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to step behind that, mm-hmm. and then, and secondarily, but primarily in our walking out, to put ourselves under others, to put ourselves at the service of 
others. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Jose, you mentioned yesterday just talking about even how Jesus encountered multiple people who, like for instance, the the rich uh, man who was kind of asking Jesus, okay, I've checked off all the, uh, checked off all the boxes, checked off the list. What more is there? And so uh, what this concept of kind of identifying things and then giving it over to God, that's something you kind of challenged us this week to kind of process. So uh, we love to get practical here on the Let's conversations podcast. Mm. So, so I want y'all's help here as far as when, when you hear the term, I think I've heard it a lot of times in church, this idea of giving it to God, uh, identifying something and giving it over, surrendering it to God. What does that look like? And maybe what has that looked like in each of y'all's lives? Let go and let God. <laughs> you hear that a lot, but I think it's more intentional than just saying, hey, just relax and let God do his thing. I really think it's a sense of what am I holding on to? What am I trying to control? And is this something that really has nothing to do with me, but it's something that the Lord wants to not only handle, but show me that he's got, he's got my back. He, he's got my best interest in mind, even if that means it's hard, that it's hard. And I think that's where we run away. We're like, well, we don't wanna deal with hard. And, and the Lord, again, is saying, well, remember, the life of Jesus. Remember mm-hmm. what he's gone through. That wasn't easy. Paul yeah. is writing in 2 Corinthians and he's talking about serious affliction and persecution. I mean, we're not called to live comfortable, easy lives. Surrender and giving those things to God means really recognizing that we're not in control. We're letting those things go to, to God, but we're not gonna pick them back up when we let them go. And and, and it is a, a, a release uh, and, and, and a welcome of his Holy Spirit to take control in, in that area of, um, of our lives. I think also, you know, when we, when we have something going on in our life, whether it's a decision that has to be made or a difficult relationship or, uh, you know, job situation or whatever, and we have this, this sort of lasting anxiety or, uh, you know, besetting issue with it, uh, what it means to give those things to God is to search for um, what God is trying to teach you in it, to Mm -hmm. search for uh, a meaning or a purpose that's beyond the expediency of the actual whatever it is. Um, And, you know, we do that. Like you said, it's it's more more, um, involved than just saying, oh, well, I need to just chill. It's it's being able to raise that red that flag and say, okay, this is not just an everyday decision. Mm -hmm. This is not just, you know, something I need to get over, Mm -hmm. figure it out, and move on. This is something I need to submit to God in prayer. I need Mm -hmm. to search the scriptures for truth and direction. Mm -hmm. And I need to get counsel from others who are following Jesus to to help me find what God's purpose is in it. Um, Yeah. So I think when we have the the and anxiety might be an extreme term, but when we have the mm-hmm. the the sort of pressure of of trying to make a decision, it seems like we can't really yeah. get it, you know. Because a lot of times we can just, you know, something comes up, we're able to make a choice and move on. Mm-hmm. But when something sticks around, you know, to give it to God is to do all those things, in my opinion. I remember after college, that time in life, and I'd love to hear if you guys what have are you some of do that. With your yeah, life? not knowing what we were doing. Taylor and I were getting married. You know, people that loved us and meant, you know, really well were like, why are you getting married? You have no jobs. You have no direction. What, what are you doing? And I just knew and felt from the Lord that, that that was where, that was what Taylor and I needed to do. But again, I mean, I had a job, but 
you know, not one of those career things. And Proverbs 16, 9 came to mind, which is, um, we make our plans. Man makes his plans, but the Lord directs our steps. And we gave it to God and said, Lord, whatever you want us, whatever you want to do with our future, we're going to let you do it. But we're going to stay active in actively pursuing opportunities. I'm going to be applying for jobs. And so there is this sense of surrender in giving it to him and saying, okay, I don't know, especially in the job. I feel like this maybe happens more often with those bigger, like you said, Ben, decisions in life. Give it to God, but still do your part yeah. and, and, and go and apply and, and seek out. And what happens then is that the Lord may not give you the plans that you had expected or maybe in the way that you expected them, but he's always faithful to direct our steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many examples uh, in my life of that. Do y'all, do, I'm curious, do y'all have any specific examples that come to mind? Uh, you know, basically my entire life. I mean, you know, I won't go into a big, long thing, but I've basically worked in every possible industry that you can think of. Um, just kind of trying to follow. What was your favorite? What God? Uh, highlight, highlight one. Well, my favorite is ministry. <laughs> and then uh, I think my, my favorite stint was in the tech industry, working in working in clean rooms and... and um, Going through parts like at, a, chips. at a place that that assembled uh, microchips and uh, like motherboards for for contract, you know, for different types yeah. of stuff. I think that was my favorite stint uh, in an industry that's totally has nothing to do with my redneck construction upbringing. <laughs> and uh, so that that was funny, you know. I think of a, I, this is going to be a huge tangent, but you know they had a little like uh, like index card. Uh-huh sized little plates where they Uh test for particles. Uh No idea what that was. I'm in there sorting parts and doing stuff like that. I'm like, what is this thing? And I pick it up, playing with it, and Uh like ruin their testing procedures for like two months just by touching the stupid thing with my hands. touch. Just don't contaminate, Ben. Get this hillbilly out of here, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think going back to uh, the surrendered life piece, I think both of y'all touched on it, but I think in my life, just even trying to practically think about what does it look like to transfer ownership of whatever I'm thinking about and processing about to God. And so it's something y'all both alluded to. So whether it's physical possessions, like it's not to say I need to give away everything, but how do I basically reorient it in my life to think, okay, how do I use my car as if it was God's car yeah. or my apartment yeah. or my things? And then also the non-tangibles as far as my schedule and my money and just different things that I think like that is definitely not how I wake up in the morning thinking like that. And so I think, forcing myself to strategically think, okay, how do I, you know, steward what God has given me for his purpose and his will. Mm -hmm. And I think that I can't get there until I'm fully giving ownership of everything to him. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of that posture kind of comes into play. I'm actually quite passionate about that topic. Um, you know, cause I think it's a, I think it's a problem in, in, uh, North American culture and uh, North American church in general. Mm -hmm. Um, we view our possessions as ours. Yep. We view our possessions as ours. And, and I don't say that to criticize individual people. That's what we... Right. That's the culture. That's just, that's just the culture, yeah. you know? And it just isn't that way. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to view everything as God's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that it actually belongs to Him, then all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal to have, you know, to host a, a high school community group at your house, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of, uh, some, some won't do that because they don't want... 
you know, for something very get, good reasons. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad reason. Exactly. I'm not. Yeah. So yeah. that's right. There's a good yeah. caveat. I'm not uh, not a blanket criticism, yeah. but yeah. what we think right. and what we've been conditioned to think is a oh man, if I get a bunch of ninth grade yep. boys over here, they're going to destroy my whole house. Yep. It's like. They, they you're may. right. <laughs> I mean, I've hosted a community group at a different house, not the one I live in now, and they destroyed my basketball goal and ripped a door <laughs> off the wall. You know, so, but it's God's, yeah. and it's fine, and everybody's okay. I survived the door being ripped off yeah. the wall, you know, and, and if somebody needs my vehicle for something, it's theirs. Mm-hmm. If somebody needs a tool that I have in my garage, it's theirs. Yeah. You know, if somebody needs anything that God has given me, mm-hmm. It's theirs because it really isn't mine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the whole concept that, uh, you know, we talk about when we talk about tithe. Mm-hmm. All of the money is God's. Yep. Mm-hmm. He All allows us to, to keep him. 90%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not the other way around. He doesn't right. require of us 10. Right. He allows us to keep 90. Yeah. We're because it all back. belongs to him. We're giving back to him. And it, yeah. so to me, it's a, it's a tweak in thinking mm-hmm. that these, mm-hmm. none of this belongs to me. Yeah. None of this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> and that honors God. Yeah. I mean, it actually honors God when he receives in return what he's given to us in, in a, a, a small percentage. So that's, that's the whole point. I laughed, Ben, because immediately I thought when I bought my first, um, or when we bought our, our first house in Wimberley, we got our life, our, not life insurance, our house insurance. And we actually got rejected because I opened up my mouth and they said, well, will you be working? And I was the youth pastor. So like from your home, and I was like, well, yeah, kind of, you know, giving them everything and telling them that we were going to have gatherings there. And they said, what age? And they said, high school students. And he goes, we can't cover your house. <laughs> so, so Allstate for the win. They didn't, they awesome. didn't care. Uh, we switched to Allstate. The Allstate wasn't a bad one. Plug for Allstate. Okay. Uh, the other thing that <laughs> makes it. me wonder Sponsored here in Wimberley, <laughs> is driving driving by River Road. And again, not a bad thing. Private property is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're driving by River Road, all this beautiful riverfront property, and all you can see every 10 feet is a no trespassing private property sign. And it's that same thing. Well, you don't own the river, you know? You can't yeah. really own, and that's law. But anyway, to the point, we love to claim things, don't we? Mm-hmm. We love to want to have ownership of things. I really love how you put it, transfer of ownership. And that's what surrender uh, means. I'm going to take that. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, and good stewardship of things mm-hmm. is not ensuring that they don't get broken or lost. Right. Good mm-hmm. stewardship of things is doing what God tells you to do with yep. it yep. and obeying Him, even if that means it gets stolen from you mm-hmm. or lost or broken or mm-hmm. permanently borrowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So the second characteristic or attribute of a renewed life is transformed life. And Jose, you kind of talked about um, not only the concept of being renewed day by day from 2 Corinthians 4.16, kind of the theme verse for mm-hmm. the series, but also just kind of mentioning this, what you called the glorious dichotomy as far as mm-hmm. these kind of, uh, you have the outer self wasting away, but the inner self being renewed daily or light momentary affliction compared to eternal weight of glory. So, So I guess one question is, not only just in the times that we're in, but I think just in general, it can be easy to feel like everything's just wasting away, that mm-hmm. things are, you know, whether it's our physique or whether it's just what we're doing. Uh, and so how do we focus on, you know, what is unseen? How do we kind of mm-hmm. practically reorient ourselves to be focused on something that is just frankly right not in front of us? Yeah, that's a good question. And hearing you say that question immediately, what came to mind was Bob Moss and something that he's really big into right now, which is talking about the kingdom of light 
in the kingdom of darkness. And when we remember that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we're citizens of this kingdom of light, then that is where we are transformed more into children of light, into followers of Jesus, made, being made into the image of Jesus. And, and the more we realize how vast and present this kingdom of darkness in, is, mm-hmm. Jesus, there's no, there's no um, there's, it's not binary. There, there's, no, uh, there's no war. The war is over. Jesus is victorious. He, he defeated death on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now it's a battle of our own soul and the battle of the souls of those that that are here around us. And I think that we need to remember where our citizenship lies Mm -hmm. and who we are in him. And when we do that, then that helps us remember uh, not only the source of our strength, but also how we are to see everything that's going on. And Mm -hmm. we don't worry about the things that are wasting away. We then instead focus on the inner renewal. We remember the weight of glory rather than our light light momentary affliction. Uh, We focus on those things that are unseen because we walk by faith, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. So I really think in this this, uh, case, it really does depend on kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. Let's focus on the kingdom of light. Ben, would you add anything on how to focus on the unseen? Yeah, so when when I hear that, what I think about is, you know, our as followers of Jesus, um, you know, we 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 want to arrange our lives and our activities so that we're pleasing God through obedience, mm-hmm. right? And we do that through unseen things. Uh, but I also think that a little bit of a play on the words, God sees what is unseen. And so if we're focusing on the things that are unseen, the things that God looks at, mm-hmm. you know, he looks at the yeah. inward part yep. of a man. Yep. He looks at the, you know, what you're doing in the closet. Mm-hmm. Don't go out in the public and pray right. so that everybody can mm-hmm. see you. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. You know, Jesus even did the same thing. He would heal someone and say, shh, shh, shh. Right. Don't 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 tell anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so God sees what's unseen. So if we're focusing on those unseen things and bringing those into alignment with mm-hmm. someone who has the character of of God, you know, first and second Timothy and the book of Titus all talk about those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um if we're doing those things, then the then the unseen becomes a credibility that we have in the scene and mm-hmm. nobody ever may ever know about those really things. And so that's kind of what I think about when 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 we talk about the unseen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's really good. good. And the third and final point and attribute of a renewed life, Jose, you mentioned the purpose-filled life. And we kind of touched on this a little bit when it came to kind of stewardship, but I thought one of the things, the the kind of key points you stressed was this idea that it's not about kind of behavioral management and just trying to kind of reorient ourselves there, but instead focus on, you said, remaining in relationship. And so, uh, again, kind of question here, practically, what does it look like? What are some ways that you've seen helpful as far as you, whether it's on daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, how are some ways in which... Uh, um, both of y'all kind of just focus on remaining in relationship instead of just focus on the behavioral side. Yeah, well, I know I don't only speak for myself here, but I want my life to mean something. I want to have a significant uh, life. And again, if I think about doing that on my own stead and in my own with my own strength, um, by my own agenda or ways, then that glorifies me. 
Um, if I try to earn certain accolades and stuff, again, all of that is pointing at me. But if I remember and realize that my purpose comes from God and his mission, then it is, a, it is, it is not only something that glorifies him, but in doing that, I, am, I feel most satisfied. I feel like I'm making the biggest difference. And that was hard for me early on in my walk because I didn't want to be, you know, the Great Commission. And I didn't really go into that because that'll be the the last message. Uh, but making disciples, uh, spending time, intentional time in, in, in talking about the things uh, of Jesus, evangelism, talking about him out loud to people that didn't know him, all of those things. Those were difficult for me because I had... I had I had a lot of pride. I still have pride, but but I had a lot of pride that wanted, I, you know, I didn't want to be seen as that zealous guy that didn't love the person that that viewed differently than than I did. I I I didn't want to come off super strong and imposing my views or or, or or beliefs in somebody else, or even tell anybody how to how to how to how to do how to work or how to live. But Jesus makes it easy with with the purpose that He's given us. Be about my, you know, commandments. Be about my commission. Be about my purposes. And then you'll see that your life will, will mean more than anything that you can achieve on your own, by your own strength. And that's what I've come to know in, in my walk with the Lord. I was totally wrong. <laughs> I was trusting myself rather than him. And the more that I've given him over the reins of how I make decisions or disciple or talk to people about Jesus, man, he shows up because he's in charge. He's been there from the get-go and I end up feeling more satisfied than ever. And I echo what Ben said, ministry is the best because it's not up to us. It's about what he's he's doing and we just get to participate with him. What he said. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, as we wrap up kind of part one of four in this series, Jose, kind of what are some things you want to kind of leave us with for the week? Well, next Sunday is going to be special. We'll have Dave Eubanks who (laughs) lives all of this out in such an incredible, extraordinary way. If you don't know who he is, check him out on Google, Dave Eubanks, Free Burma Rangers. I mean, unbelievable man has led his family (laughs) incredibly well. I mean, you talk about someone that, that has gone blindly to the things that are unseen and has heard the call that God has on his life and just gone full on and, and uh, impacted thousands, if not millions of people. So we, we have the privilege of hearing from him next week. I think that's so exciting. And I would encourage all as we transition into this new season, let's look for those ways that God wants to renew us, uh, whether it's inside of us with this transformation um you know, inside of our spirit, inside of ourselves, or if it's new life that is happening us around us, uh, that is happening around us. Who in our lives needs to be? Uh, who do we need to come alongside and uh, help as you know they're going through their own things? So let's focus on new life, and then see what happens. All right, hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.